Jam in the AM Thursday. I, I mentioned earlier when we started the show back at 6 a.m. that um, we'd be speaking with an amazing person today who has an incredible story and, uh, and such an inspiring tale. And, um, and uh, with that in mind, I'd like to introduce this audience, Pastor Chris Edmonds. Pastor Chris Edmonds is senior pastor of the Piney Grove Baptist Church in Maryville, Tennessee. Pastor Edmonds is the son of World War II hero Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds, whose fearless bravery saved the lives of more than 200 Jewish American soldiers in a prisoner of war camp in Germany. Pastor Chris recently received Righteous Among the Nations on behalf of his father from the Nation of Israel and Yad Vashem, the world's Holocaust Remembrance Authority. Righteous Among the Nations is the highest honor given by the Nation of Israel to non-Jews who rescued Jews during the Holocaust. Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds died in 1985. He was the fifth American to be recognized by Yad Vashem as a righteous among the nations. In 2016, the Jewish Foundation for the Righteous reunited Pastor Edmonds with four of the Jewish GIs who were saved by Master Sergeant Edmonds in a documentary entitled Following the Footsteps of My Father. The film won four Tele Awards. In November of 2016, JFR honored Master Sergeant Edmonds with the He R Award, the Let There Be Light Award, and recognized Jewish GI saved by Master Sergeant Edmonds. The film, the full-length film, opens in New York City at the IFC Center on 6th Avenue this coming Friday. Pastor Chris Edmonds, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nakam. It's, it's a pri- privilege to be here. Thank you, sir. I greatly appreciate that. The, the film is unbelievable. It, it is just an incredible story. And, and there's so many different angles, so many reasons why it's remarkable and incredible. First of all, as an overview, it is so important for us in this generation to remember how brave and courageous in general the 20-year-old GIs were in World War II. A lot of us have 20-year-old children and cannot even believe that 20-year-olds can be put in a situation like your father and his colleagues were. And then on top of that, to be POWs, and for your grandparents to be informed by mail that their son is a POW, I, I guess a good place to start is with a, a general acknowledgement of how incredible that generation was. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, especially the, this is the day after D-Day where we, where we remember the, the great soldiers who, who stormed the beach of Normandy. And uh, th- those young men were just phenomenal. They were not only brave, they were smart. And um, they also they wanted to live, you know. They 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 had a life ahead of them, and that's what they looked forward to in that camp. You know, that's what they talked about. Besides, besides the food, which they were starving to death, <laughs> right. um, you know, they 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 talked about life it, in the camp. Um, Lester and 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 Paul and Skip and Hank and, and Sonny have told me different uh, in their own ways, but different versions of. Of how there were up men in the camp and down men in the camp. So, so there were men who were up on life, and then there were men who were down and just kind of wanted to, to give up. And evidently, my dad told told the up men said, "We got to take care of these down guys." Oh. And so, so their mission every day was to get those guys out of bed, make sure they they tried to eat, 
you know what what little meager fare that they had um and and walk them and and help them shave and just kind of still have a and a lot of guys survived that way because the men were they were together um they 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 cared for one another because um they had to wow and so i so i say to a lot, a lot of times when i'm speaking to students i'll say you know the the real gift of life is life itself yeah you know, it's 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 not who you're gonna be or what you're gonna make or or how successful you know life's gonna be for you. It's it's that you have life. And then the second thing is is that life is not about uh, one of us or a part of us. It's about all of us. And and it was demonstrated in 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 the camp in the way that there's not just in the camp but in the battle. Yeah. Oh, no question about um, it. That, that's the, the, it, it, the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that when when you when you start seeing some of the footage and and re, and doing some research, figuring out how how ferocious that battle was, and even in Dad's diary, he said, you know, our rifles were no good against uh, tanks, artillery, and eighty-eight fire, and so it's like trying to take a BB gun and and shoot at a tank. Um, but yet they held on and held on tenaciously to the point that they slowed down the 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 german you know advance to the point that they uh they didn't fulfill their their goals and 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 ultimately lost yeah so uh and and embedded in those in those units were the brightest of the bright no question about um, it, and, and their and their efforts and their efforts, frankly, you know, led to the ally victory. No matter what happened, it did. No, no matter what happened in each individual battle, as you described, every every one of those things, and every time they could delay, and every time they could uh, intimidate the enemy, it was always a uh, it was always a small victory. Uh, Pastor Chris Edmonds is with us now. Unlike some of the other POWs from other countries that were in camps for years because of the timing of the war and the way things developed, uh, your father's unit was. Um, was uh, in the POW camp for a period of months, not to minimize that. It was absolute torture and hell. There's no question about it. And the way it's described in his diary and through the film, uh, one, can only, uh, one can only conclude that. Uh, and, and this group is together. This group that you describe is together as Christians, Jews, Americans, everybody together, all different backgrounds. I assume your father and others very possibly had never met Jewish people before, before enlisting, had not met people from other parts of the country, etc. And all of a sudden, this group, as you describe, under your father's leadership, really starts to meld together. Yes, they. they uh, I don't know that Dad had, had met any Jewish people before. Uh, he may have in in high school right. and in grammar school, but uh, you know I don't know that as a fact. But uh, I do know that when they there was a melting pot in in the U.S. Army, and so there were Christians, there were Jewish people, there 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 were Catholics, Presbyterians, Episcopalians. I mean, it was all a, a great mix. Um, and they they just slugged them all together and made them uh, effective as 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 a unit and as a team. Then they learned from each other, um, as you'll as you see in the film, mm-hmm. some of the things they talk about. And then we're, we're writing a book as well, and there's even more that's going to be in the book about about that uh, that that whole experience of of boys coming together from all across. The country from 
all kinds of backgrounds becoming one because they're Americans. They have a mission, and and their mission is right. Their mission is good, and it's to defeat the evil Nazis. Film is called Footsteps of My Father. Pastor Chris Edmonds is with us, and literally, by the way, plenty of the film is literally Footsteps of Your Father, which we're going to talk about a little later on. But first, I just want to remind everybody some of the most important footage of the film, in my opinion, is the discussion by the GIs of what they went through. The cattle cars, again, something very familiar to, to, to many people in our community who are who are children of survivors or grandchildren of survivors. They've heard many stories like that. So the cattle cars, of course, the POWs were treated the very same way. And, and in, in, in the case of your father, uh, those cattle cars, because of the trains in general, because of the nature of the end of the war and how it ended, were, were bombarded, ironically enough, by American and ally um, uh, you know, air, air um, uh, bombings um, that were taking place, and, and many didn't survive from that. And uh, secondly, uh, the marches and the starvation and the way that the, the POWs were treated. Often we think POWs may have been treated a, different, uh, a bit differently or maybe on a little bit of a higher level than others in concentration camps, etc. But, you know, you have, you have testimonies in your film of GIs who lost, you know, 60 pounds in a, in a period of a couple of months and, uh, and, and, you know, people who literally were starving to death. I don't know how they survived. It sounds like from the testimonials and footsteps of my father, that these GIs, many of them had nothing to drink or eat for days at a time. One wonders how they even survived. Yeah, I, I agree. Their um, their ability to survive, I think, was uh, phenomenal. The doctor, the Army doctors in Camp Lucky Strike, when they were liberated, they were sent to, to France to a camp called Lucky Strike. The doctors there told them, had they stayed one more month, the, in that condition, they would have. Most of them would have died of starvation. Oh. Uh, they were losing one pound a day on average, so they were systematically being starved. When, when the camp was liberated, they found Red Cross thousands of Red Cross packages that were just thrown aside and not distributed to the men. Oh, um, yeah. So, so it it was a horrible situation. But in the midst of that, they kept their wits. Uh, and they they primarily just thought about and talked about food and the food they wanted to have when they got out. Dad actually, I have a diary. Uh, he has two diaries. One's more of a narrative, and the other is a a complete restaurant plan. It's called <laughs> the Jolly Chef, and it's it's the logos, it's the menus, it's the floor plans. It's like four he and three other guys said we're going to open a restaurant when we get back to the states. They never did, but. That's they were eating off an imaginary menu, basically. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! It, it's really funny too. Sonny, Sonny Fox will talk about how the the, the cook before the, before the capture and uh, you know before they had they were surrendered and had and captured. They uh, the cooks were the most despised people in the unit. <laughs> right. Once they were starving to death in the camp, the cooks became famous. So. <laughs> Unbelievable, I'll tell you. Incredible. Uh, the movie is Footsteps of My Father opens in Manhattan this coming Sunday. All right, so he, let's get to one of the most important parts of all this. You did not know anything about the episode that we're about to discuss during your father's life. There's an episode which we're about to discuss which saved hundreds of Jewish GIs, and one could argue even more than that in terms of the general population of the POW camp, and you didn't know about it until your father was gone. Yeah, I didn't I actually heard the story for the first time in New York City uh, in the Harvard Club on um, March 
let me make sure this is right. I think it's March 21st of 2013, so, what, five years ago. Um, no one in our family knew knew of this story. No one knew of, of what he did. We just knew he went to war, that he had been captured, and he was a POW. He survived. He came back home. He never talked about it, ever. How'd you find out about the story? Well, it's... Uh, I give all credit to God, first of all. Uh, I think he He um, has revealed it for such a time as this. Um, my daughter was uh, at the Maryville College here, a local college here in town, and she was given the assignment by her history teacher. Um, professor asked her and a group of kids to come up with a family story that's historical and, and make a make a short video. As a, as a school project. So she came home and she said, Dad, I, I, I told everybody that Papa was a POW in World War II. And they said, that's the story we should do. So what do you think? And I said, well, I think it's great. So I told her we still had two diaries, two books that Dad had kept, and maybe they could find some info. I'd read them several times, and, you know, they were intriguing, but they had just never sparked, you know, my heart. And then, so... So she she and her group start making this video, and while they're doing that, I'm rereading the diaries. I'm helping them with research, and then it just hits me. It's like, what happened over there? Um, the narrative was was powerful enough, but then there were like cryptic notes, just a little a dash, and it says Jewish friends moved out, and then there was another dash that said dogs, then there was a dash that said before the commander. Um, and then there was another dash that said hiding. And these were just like mental markers for him, I, I think, of things that happened over there that were really too hard to talk about. Because in his diary, he said, there's lots of things I'm not going to talk about because they're not exactly nice. So um, I think there's things happened over there even in the midst of battle and in, in the POW uh, as a prisoner of war that we'll never know. Correct. But That's he for sure. never talked about it. So, you, so, you, so she did She did the project, but it sparked my heart, and I said, I've got to find out what happened you know, to Dad. And a friend, friend of mine told me, he said, you can, get, you can get information from the Army. There's records. The National Archives has records about experiences over there. And so I said, well, I'm just going to start by going on 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 the internet and typing in his name and his rank so that's what i did one night about midnight and um amazingly his name appeared in the new york times article about president nixon i was like and the article is entitled richard nixon's search for a new york home and it was recounting nixon's experience of trying to move to new york back in 1980 right and I, so so I'm 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 trying to do the do the math, and I'm like, well, what what is Dad's name? And you know, Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds doing in an article about President Nixon moving to New York in 1980, and it was attached to an attorney named Lester Tanner who lived in New York at the time, and he he basically ended up selling his townhouse to the president. Ah, uh. and so in the, in that article, Lester just mentions. He said, had it not been for the bravery of my master sergeant, Roddy Edmonds, 
you know, I would not have been alive. If it would not have been for the bravery of my master sergeant, Roddy Edmonds, I would not be alive. Yeah, and I wouldn't have met the president. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have sell him my towel. It's like, whoa. I mean, I jumped up, I ran, I woke up my wife, I drug her out of bed. I said, look at this. This is crazy. What are they talking about? Who's Lester Tanner? You know, and then I started doing more math. I said, well, because this was 2009 by right. the time I was reading this. I was like, is, is Lester still alive? You know, and he's got to be in his late 80s. So that began a journey of me trying to find Lester, which took took a little while, but I, I tracked him down. And they actually reunite, and they eventually reunite you with four of those who were yes. under your father's command in the POW camp. Yes, yeah, it went from one to, to actually five. There's one gentleman that's not in the film, but there's actually five POWs that uh, were in the camp and were part of that that. Right. Horrible experience, and I apologize for moving along. But but uh, essentially, at, at one point, the Nazi officer says to your father, um, it, 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 "I'm commanding you to separate and and make known which of the um, uh, which of the soldiers in the POW camp are Jewish and separate them from everybody else." And they're coming out, yeah. and they come out for roll call, and 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 this roll call was supposed to be quote unquote only the Jews, and basically every every soldier in the POW camp is at that roll call, right? Yeah, nearly thirteen hundred soldiers are standing there in sharp formation because Dad, had, the night before when he got the orders to just send the Jewish men out, he said he told everyone, "said We're not doing that tomorrow. We're, we're all falling out." He told so everyone. He, he told everyone, "We're not yeah. separating anybody. We are all going out tomorrow for roll call." Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to make the point that dad, yes, what he did was very heroic, but he was the only hero out there. Right. All of those men were heroes. That's true. Because the orders were, the, the orders were explicit. Only the Jews, if you disobey orders, you're, you will be shot. Right. Okay. So, so they all went out and, you know, dad let them all out there. And then the, the major from the high command who happened to be there that day, comes over to Dad, and he said, they cannot all be Jews. And he was just really hateful to Dad, and Dad said, we are all Jews here, which was amazing that he had that that mind. And that is the uh, quote, that's the, that. and that's the quote the GI said they will never, ever forget. We are all Jews here. Yes. Your father, all Jews your here. father, Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds of Tennessee, says, says we are all Jews here. And at that point, the Nazi officer does what? He, he pulls his gun out and presses it hard into my dad's forehead, and he screams at dad and says, One last chance, Sergeant. You order the Jews to step forward, or I will shoot you right now. Well, Lester was on the, on the left of dad, and Paul Stern, who's in the film, was on the right of dad. And they said, you know, time froze like the ground beneath their feet. It was just like, you know, they didn't know what was going to happen. And they said it, it seemed like an eternity, but finally Dad spoke, and he spoke back to the to the commander very calmly and confidently. He said, "He said, Major, you can shoot me, but if you do, you have to shoot all of us because we know who you are, and you'll stand for war crimes when we win this war." And then he added, "And you will pay." <sighs> oh man! Um, and and Lester, he said, "I didn't know what was going to happen." But he said immediately the the major turned white and his arm began to shake as 
as the weight of what dad told him sank into his mind. And um, he said, then suddenly, just out of nowhere, uh, the mayor, I mean, the major pulled his gun to his holster, snapped the opposite direction, and marched and retreated back to his headquarters. Uh, and never, ne- they never asked for the Jewish men again in that camp. And, and from what we know about World War II history, it's hard for us yeah. to believe that they just didn't gun everybody down right there on the spot. Oh, yeah. Well, and they went, when they liberated the camp, they found orders in the um, the drawer of of the commandant to uh, orders to kill all the Jews. So, um, anyway, Lester said, after that experience, he said, what Roddy did made us all really brave. And said, we went back to the barracks and really cured your father. Um, and you'll see in the film where, where Lester talks about you know, from that point on, when 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 Roddy said we're going to do such and such, we did it. Yeah, I can imagine after that, <laughs> your, your your father had hold of the command. After that, that's for sure. Yeah. Also, your father yeah. never, your father never spoke to anybody about it, including the GIs. They never brought it up again after that moment. No, and you know the World War Two generation, the GIs, they came back home and, yeah. and they lived life that's and they true. put it all behind them. And that's true. it was such a horrible experience. They, they didn't really talk about it until their grandchildren got old enough to ask, you know, lots of questions. It's unbelievable. It's called footsteps of my father. Everybody, you got to see it. And this is a film that all of us, all of us Jews and Christians have to see and show to our uh, children and grandchildren. It is called footsteps of my father. Uh, Pastor Chris Edmonds' account of his uh, heroic father, Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds in World War II, whose fearless bravery saved the lives of more than 200 Jewish American soldiers in the prisoner of war camp in Germany, and I would argue saved many more lives than that and certainly saved subsequent generations, as one of the GIs points out in the film. It opens at the IFC Center on 6th Avenue in New York City this coming Friday. Uh, Pastor Chris, an absolutely uh, an absolute delight and pleasure to speak with you. What can I say? God bless you, and God bless the memory of your amazing father. Thank you, sir. It's been an honor to be on today. Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. Really amazing. Thursday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up here on a uh, JM in the AM Thursday. Um, the film Footsteps of My Father, it opens at the IFC Center, 6th Avenue, New York City. This uh, coming Friday, tomorrow, this coming Friday here in New York. And again, this is one of those films. And and I, I would hope that it will be eventually available summer camps, you know, during the three weeks and nine days, uh, around the time of Yom HaShoah, of course, and school programs. Uh, everyone should realize that there were some incredible heroic efforts made in World War II by non-Jews. Uh, in addition to those heroes that were in our community, but non-Jews to save lives. And if I'm not mistaken, based on the film, I believe um, not only is uh, is uh, Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds the fifth American to be recognized by Yad Vashem as righteous among the nations, I believe that he is the first um, United States Army officer to be recognized in that way by Yad Vashem.